welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And... Eliz's new voice. Oh! <laughs> Eliz has got a new voice. She's got a new voice. <laughs> I have no tonsils now, uh, but 98% of people say I sound exactly the same. That's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, but you're free. You've been unburdened of those <laughs> filthy right. tonsils. Yes, right. true, true. The doctor performed the surgery correct, and you came out uh, the same. Yep. That's right. <laughs> Good job, uh, doctors. Uh, <laughs> you're doing it every day for us. Uh, anyways, holy shit, you guys, we have a fucking exciting episode for you. We absolutely do. The most exciting episode yet. We have Some a- might say. <laughs> surprise! We have a surprise, amazing guest interview at the end of this episode. We are interviewing none other than co-creator of the first four Tremors films and the original Tremors, fil- Tremors film, S.S. Wilson. Oh my god. Yay! Holy crap. He, uh, I, I don't know how this happened, but he totally agreed to, uh, you know... Sit down and have a chat with us, and uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear this. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to him. I think that that he's just such a he, – he not only did the Tremor stuff, it's batteries not included, short circuit, yeah. the animated series Mask. Like, a lot of my childhood has come from this <laughs> man, and I cannot wait to talk to him. Yeah, I thought he had some really great stuff to say about uh, representation in these Tremors movies, and then also, like – just you can see how much care he really has for the franchise and all the details and that I think that's really why it's been so successful and such a fan favorite. Yeah, so uh, he was extremely gracious with his time for us. So we have a pretty lengthy interview for you guys at the end of ep- end of this episode. So stick around, but uh, in the meantime, what are we talking about first? We've got Tremors 3 and we're going back to perfection. You know how I know that? You know how I know that, Tyler? I think it might be in the trailer. Uh-huh. Let's watch it. In perfection, Nevada. Go, go! There's a whole lot of shaking going on. And we're back to perfection. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> to pure perfection. Back to direct to video. That's right. Yes. Yes. It is 2001. 2001. The year is 2001. Disc men are being worn on hips. <laughs> Duct tape is being put on pants. That's right. And <laughs> Melvin still exists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this movie opens a little bit of a prologue, and we see that Bert is in Argentina. Uh, yeah. He's been called in by ESPN 8, the Ocho. So we were, we were, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, that was funny. <laughs> we were in Mexico, uh, last, uh, film and we were, you know, obviously it's called back to perfection, but it was fun to see this start off in a new country as well. And, uh, I liked that it was like, uh, you know, a little cold open to the movie where it's like, uh, reintroducing everyone to how much of a badass Bert is right. in case you forgot. How could you? I mean, yeah, he's like. He's, he's the gun guy. He's the guy. He raised that whole family on family ties, and then he <laughs> killed all those grab boys. <laughs> and now he gets to lead his own movie. That's right. Michael Gross in the driver's seat for this one. Yes. Uh, so we see him kind of take down an entire CGI herd of shriekers mm-hmm. from the last movie and the Argentinian He, he gets uh, in an crew. AA gun. and Yeah. A real AA gun yeah. from a fifty caliber gun yeah. from World War II. That's a real, really? real one. Yes, and then, and then murdelates them. Yeah, it was a real working gun that they used. 
right off the bat, though, you know, you see, like, all right, we're going to get more of this not good CGI. Like, they looked like, uh, did you ever see that little um, interstitial that used to show on Disney Channel all the time of where they told you how they made the uh, the avalanche in Mulan and mm. they made all the soldiers come down? That's basically what this was. Like, a <laughs> bunch of fake CGI repeated the same grab away over and yeah, over. Yeah, the, the CG is somehow worse, and I, I looked into a little bit, and they were not able to use even the same assets as uh, Tremors 2. Oh. So they had to do... So what they did is they used laser scans of the prosthetics used in, in uh, Tremors 2, which sounds cool and is in a viable uh, VFX workflow today. However, not so much in 2001 <laughs> when you don't have the budget, so everything ends up looks, looking like poorly lit cardboard cutouts. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, at least you can forgive, I guess, maybe because they were trying to say it was like the TV camera that was making it look that crappy. Right, right. But, also, uh, this scene took place at night, so yes. yeah. it was not as bad as it could have been <laughs> or might be. But now that makes sense because that's why we don't actually see any shriekers for the rest of the movie. They're only talked about off screen. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that uh, Bert is just like, just hold on, you guys. Don't worry. And they're like, they're running at him, and yeah. everyone else is like freaking out. But even me, I was like, that looks like a lot of shriekers. Like, even with <laughs> yeah, that one yeah, gun, yeah, is he yeah. going to be able to kill them all? I don't know. Justin, it's Bert. Of course, uh, that's true. I should have known. Yeah. I should have known. But that was great. He he gets up out of the thing after they had run away, and he's like, any questions? <laughs> and then it's like, Tremors 3. Yeah. <laughs> Back to perfection, and then we actually go back to perfection. Yeah, and I, I guess we're we're led to believe that Bert drives his giant truck all the way from Argentina. Yeah, yeah, okay. technically possible. He, com- he comes home. <laughs> do they explain? Uh, do they explain why he's back? Like, no, it's like he. It's like he's, he's always coming lived home. There. Yeah, he. They hired him to come out to Argentina. And now he's coming home. Yeah, because he was dressed like he was like leading the army or something there. Right. <laughs> and then I guess once he killed all the shriekers, he's like, "We're they done." Make it yeah. sound like he's been gone for like at least a couple months with the Mexico trip and the Argentina trip, like right. somehow combined. Because um, they keep saying, "Oh, you're back!" Like everyone's and the, and yeah, and they're like, "Oh, you've dealt with him three times now." Yeah, right, and I think I think he's bought that new truck as his reward for the Argentina trip. It's like this big fancy new truck. He reveals that he's uh, fortified the boundaries of his land to be completely graboid proof, both from the sides and the bottom. Now, right, yeah, and uh, we go back to Chang's Market, uh, which is now run by Jody Chang, his niece. Yeah, who is awesome in this movie. She is amazing. Uh, can we just say that um, I was really. Uh, I don't know the if if you look up this movie anywhere you can see like the DVD cover art and it looks like someone used like random clip art to make right. to make a poster. Yep. And you like and and so having seen that not having seen the movie I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be so bad." Uh-huh. <laughs> uh but I found myself continually feeling like this is super charming and fun cuz yeah. like I was not expecting to have all these characters like almost everyone from the first movie minus the two main leads are back. It is, it is, I don't know, maybe I've said this before, but I feel like that this series is the one that is most true installment to installment to the one, like, the rules that were established in the previous one, like, it picks up exactly where 
it left off and I love it. There's forward. so many references yep. to past things, even things that you think like weren't that important, but like there's so many references. Everything has continuity. Um, at one point they do talk about Rhonda and Valentine and yeah. Rhonda's a famous yep. writer who sold all these books about her research on the Graboids. And then they even mentioned that Earl and what was his name? Grady. Grady. Opened up a opened up the, theme park. Up the yeah. Theme yeah. yeah they My favorite did. is the, is the, the meta joke where, uh, desert Jack is, is on a tour and uh, uh, he set up like a fake Graboid tour, which you can talk about. Desert Jack's Graboid Adventure, which sounds like, <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to go on that. Sounds a little sketch. We'll get a little bit more into that later. But there's like tours wanting to take, like the, the town has been set up with like fake Graboid stuff. And somebody goes, hey, let me get, take a picture of me with the tremor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. It was like a it was nice. Like, it's, like, it's called a Graboid. Yeah. It was a nice meta joke yeah, about like the audience being like, aren't they fighting the tremors in yeah. that movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we talked a little bit about the market. Um, right above the door is a picture of uh, poor old Walter, and it says he was known for naming the Graboid, which is like <laughs> cute because that actually is true. Uh, yeah. So that's like his claim to fame, and that's what he wanted. So he's resting in peace, smiling down on his niece, who is now uh, running the market and has turned it into like a Graboid souvenir store, complete with the Tremors or the Graboid and Shriekers comics. Yes. Um, Which they, they brought up a million times. Yeah. Yes. So Dark Horse the, comics. The comics are extremely popular in this universe. Right. Uh, but they did misspell Shriekers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's Dark Horse comics. I looked it up and um, Dark Horse comics, there's no actual comic of these, but they yes. uh, did draw those covers to be mm-hmm. used in the movie, which is cool. Yeah, there's a Graboids comic, a Shriekers comic, and then a Shriekers versus Graboids comic, <laughs> which really doesn't make sense kind of in, in the right. canon of the film, but comic books can do whatever the fuck they That's want. Right. It's great. My my favorite thing about um, this uh, the marketplace is that they have all these souvenirs and tchotchke things, and mm-hmm. I'm like... They had a lot of them in the background. I was like, dang, what happened to all those things? I'm like, I want one of those little, like, plastic yeah, Graboids. Yeah, absolutely. Or, like, even, I'll take a Graboid, like, a, mint, the Graboid yeah, a coffee cup, a uh, lunch Heck pail. Yeah. yeah. I like the little flower pot because then you put dirt in it and it's like the Graboid swallowed your little <laughs> yeah. flower, your herbs or whatever. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, they, and it's like, yeah, they made all that stuff. I was like, dang. So, yeah, this is a movie that fully embraces its universe and fully embraces that it's a campy silly mm-hmm. fun universe yeah uh it's really it's really cool actually like um a lot of the a lot of the first half of the movie almost is like very similar to tremors 2 that we just saw mm-hmm. and also i would argue that like uh yeah i think for the first half of the movie at least it's like mostly more about like catching up with, with yeah, what these up. people were doing and Absolutely. what's happened to them since the first movie than it is even about the graboids they're kind of like Eh, we're we're like back. Bert's got it. Like yeah, at, at the start of the movie, we're back to a situation where it's like there's only three graboids instead of there being like a million as there were and, in Mexico. And, and, or and Bert's Bert's still uh, uh, obsessed about him. Like at the, at the moment we get back, there's no graboids in Perfect. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone is being they're very specific. Of come on, Bert, it's been eleven years. Everyone in town tells him it's been eleven years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone in town being, uh, we've got Miguel yep. back from movie one. Yes. Uh, we've got uh, Mindy and Nancy. Nancy's the mother of uh, Mindy. Bobby Briggs. Yeah. And Mindy. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. Uh, Mindy, uh, Ariana Richards back, even yes. though this is, uh, this is after Jurassic This is Park, way right? after, yeah. 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 Um, oh, yeah, 2001, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because there's a lot of parallels, but... Um, 
She's back, and they reveal that she had to drop out of college because she didn't have enough money to pay the tuition. So now she has to work mm-hmm. at the Arby's at Bixby mm-hmm. and uh, chill at home. So I mean, she's kind of mad. Not happy. Yeah, part of it's a little bit sad. You're like, none of these people got out of this town. That's right. <laughs> Even the kids. <laughs> Melvin got out, but then he's coming back to try and make money. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, it reveals yeah. That Melvin still being a dick. Yeah, he's trying to buy everyone's land so he can build like a you know a condominium. He's building like, ranchettes. Yeah. yeah, it was funny because uh, yeah, we're we're reintroduced to all these characters, and I'm like, awesome, awesome, and the movie keeps going. And I'm like. Sweet, Melvin didn't come back because <laughs> yeah. I did not like him. And then, like, yeah, I don't know, like forty minutes into the movie, he appears out of nowhere, and you're like, learn that he's the guy behind the real stick. Yeah, grab. but they kind of acknowledge how much of a piece of shit. Oh he yeah, was by making him like this bad villain, and he character. continues being like a douchebag <laughs> the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, um, I did like how Jody, who's taken over the market, is like super smart she's got her mba she mm-hmm. like um the dude who runs the action tours is trying to like you know bargain with her for more yield on the sodas and like yeah. you know all this stuff and he tries to say well i'm making up 50 percent of your business and she immediately opens a binder and it's like actually it's only 20 percent it's not that stable you know like so that was really cool and yeah she's, she, like, she's concerned about branding and like you know making the market successful she yeah. uh she uh continues the tradition of like great uh, female characters in the Tremors movies so far. Yeah, absolutely. And she's like fucking no nonsense the entire movie. Yep. She's, she's always... Asian. Yeah. Like, she's an Asian woman co-lead, which, yeah. like, killed and, me. And this movie does uh, uh, a fun switch where you're, where Desert yes. Jack is, yes. is... You think that him and Ariana Richards is going to be the, the Romance. couple. Like, that she's going out to his lame desert tour with his lame punk rock buddy and she's yeah. into him she's and she's, like, oh, and he's she's so super mysterious. into him yeah. Yeah. and then like through the course of this movie just by judy being uh uh judy right jody 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 yeah uh just being badass and resourceful uh-huh. like they get a romance in a way that's kind of like the throwback to val's romance it is in the yeah first movie. yeah yeah uh, he Liz mentioned it briefly, but that scene that scene with mindy and the like punk rock guy where yeah. she's just talking like how does a guy like that end up with a job like this? I mean, you, like, you're a piece of shit. I, I understand why you're fucking around with this shit. But him, like, look at how great he is. I love that yeah. scene. <laughs> that was pretty fun. <clears throat> yeah, so she, yeah, and they totally make you think that that's going to be the couple. So I really, really liked that. It took a while before I even realized, like, oh, yeah. shoot, that's how this is going. Like, yeah. Awesome. yeah, they just kept kind of getting, like, when the shit hits the fan, they would always kind of get partnered off and yeah. then you slowly saw, saw it build like fairly organically yeah, I really I didn't feel. see it coming it she's cool. like yeah. you know like she's uh, making fun of him poking fun of him and yeah. she's he's giving it back it's it's fun it's fun yeah. so basically he's doing do you want to talk about the fake tremor yeah, yeah I mean I actually love this idea because it's like kind of something we got excited about in Tremors 2 where it's like they're famous like they mm-hmm. were on Good Morning America so like now perfection is a tourist strapped. People want to go see where the graboids were. Although now all the graboids are gone, and so what Jack or Desert Jack is doing, <laughs> he uh, just takes a bunch of people in a safari truck and drives out, and he has his buddy like fake a, a graboid attack with fire extinguishers, and like some of the stuff is actually pretty awesome. Yeah, like where they have like fence, like barbed wire fence post rig to like fall over, like they're being chased, and he he had to he had to like. Do the color coded like pulling the right one yep. so that the the correct order of uh, you know spokes. I thought the the, the, the effects fell. he was doing on the tour were actually pretty cool, and I, yeah. it kind of struck me like if he had just 
not tried to act like it was real, it would be cool. Like, you'd be like, oh, yeah. that was fun, you know? Like, they yeah, tried to yeah. scare us at the end, you know? Yeah, but yeah. instead, he, like, tries to act like it's real, and then he forces everyone to stand on a rock and buy sodas from him. Yeah. yeah. So. That was fun. And uh, later, later, Bert gets a good, like, uh, um, Disney joke in. He mm-hmm. says, like, he's like, you're going to have to cut out doing your jungle boat tour yeah. or whatever. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, he probably couldn't say Jungle Cruise or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, or didn't want to. <laughs> But that was fun, yeah. Your jungle <clears throat> boat adventure yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of when uh, we get the first tremor as well. He's ge- or, sorry. Whoa. Whoa. We get the first grab. Are you a tourist? While uh, Jack <laughs> is giving the tour and it kills poor Buford. Uh, <laughs> His name was Buford, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just what so expect. Buford's the guy that Justin was talking about earlier. I don't where, remember his name. <laughs> yeah, where where she's like, yeah, like uh, I understand why. Why Aaron Richards is like, I understand why you're doing this, but like him, like Desert Jack's so handsome. And he, then Buford's like, I've had worse jobs. I used to, and then she's like, what? And then like it's actually like an embarrassing. Thing. Like he actually does a good job with the scene where he's like. <laughs> Like, you, you think of, like, oh, well, he was complaining about some shit job. He's like, no, I was cleaning up roadkill for the county. And she's just like, oh, that's Ooh. that's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Let's stop talking now. But don't so, feel uh, bad for that guy. He's a creep. He sucked. That's true. He, he was, was, like, looking at her ass with binoculars yeah. right there, which is, like... Bleh. Like, from, like, three feet away. Yeah. <laughs> Such a creep. It's like that you wouldn't even really be able to... Like, you would just see the, the fabric. Like, the yeah. Wow, know. those are nice jeans. <laughs> Good stitching. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Tight creases. creases. Yeah. So after after we all find out there's another uh, graboid, um, Bert kind of, we found out that Bert has really set up like this whole contingency plan for everybody. He gave everybody radios and like antennas and nobody paid attention and nobody maintained the equipment while he was gone. <laughs> yep. which, is, which is really, really funny. Like, yeah. it's like, it's like get that seismologist. Just like, we can figure out everything is. And they're like, yeah. It's been on the fritz, man. Like, I don't know. I haven't had that's, time to get around to it. That's totally what would happen yeah. in that situation, yeah. too. They'd, they'd keep it going for, like, maybe a year. And then right. be like, yeah, there's nothing happening. Yeah. And then um, Nancy doesn't believe that Bert can, you know, she's like, hey, this time our phone's not cut off. We can totally just call for help this time. We don't have to yeah. do your whole militia act, Bert. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, I love this line. I wrote it down. He says, um, we can't wait for the authorities. We are the authorities. Like, cause she's like, I'm going to call the authorities to come help us. And he's like, no, we're the authorities. It's <laughs> totally true. It is. It turns out to be true. Yeah. Uh, and then the authorities do arrive, and I also liked this, even though it was kind of stupid, because they the police all get out of their car, and Miguel's like, my cousin left last week. He went back to Mexico. And, and Jack's like, my business is legit. I have licenses. And then Bert's like, the Second Amendment, you can't take my guns. And then they're like, no, we're here because of the graboids. And they're like, oh. That was a fun, that was a fun scene, yeah. Uh, they all immediately jump to whatever yeah, yeah, whatever thing that they're just like, oh. Yeah. Which is so true in those towns. Like, the nobody's there because they have their scot-free. Of, yeah. <laughs> they're squeaky yeah. clean. So yeah, it turns out that uh, they're an in- they're they're trying to say the graboids are an endangered species. Graboids are an endangered species, which I thought was kind of an interesting uh, you know turn for the story to take. Like uh, you know the whole time, uh, you know last episode in episode two, 
movie too. We're talking about how they did all these evolutions and the movie goes a lot. I mean, the movie eventually gets to like an evolution in this one, but it goes a long time before Mm -hmm. it gets there. And so I was like, Oh, they're going with this interesting, like government, government government coming in, trying to regulate the grab boys. Like, that's kind of cool. I don't know. So I kind of like that as a start to like kind of kick off the story. It's weird because I really did like the way this movie kind of moved through the plot and because it kept surprising me, which is like, you know, I watched a lot of movies. It's not the easiest thing to do, but I was kind of like, whoa, oh my gosh. Like I, like it went ways that I didn't expect that I also then thought were cool. Right. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so yeah, Bert gets roped into, uh, trying to capture one alive. Right. Is what they want to do. And we get all sorts of fun callbacks to the last ep- uh I keep saying episode. The last movie. <laughs> and by the way, you were right to steamroll that Attack of the Clones joke. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I was like, you're, just, at, nope, you're absolutely nope. correct. <laughs> um, one of my favorite throwbacks is, and, and one of the reasons why I assume that, that they're endangered species, because we've established, I mean, one of the fun things about the first movie that we liked is that, that, uh, the graboids, we didn't know where they're from. They didn't feel the need to explain it. They still aren't really getting into it. They they say, they explain in the second one that they are uh, from Earth and mm-hmm. that they're just very, very old. And so that kind of opens up the door for the government protection of them. They're pre-Cambrian. Pre-Cambrian. And, there's, <laughs> and if you noticed in the, uh, the store, there was a Cambrian soda, basically. <laughs> I did like to – I forget who, if it was Mindy or Nancy or one of them, but when the government officials were like, these are ancient life forms, you know, like they're endangered species. We need to keep them alive. And then one of them goes like – Oh man, I always hoped they were aliens. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet you anything that was like probably because that's what people said after the second movie. Yeah. Came right, out. right, right, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we see Bert um, use the remote control cars again. Yep, he's got the uh, chain behind the car as another thing from the last movie. What else? Well, he's it? roped in Action Jack as his sidekick. Yeah. Desert, Desert Jack even says, oh, is somebody getting married? And Bert's <laughs> yeah. just like, you need to shut the fuck up. Like, I know what I'm doing. This is serious business. I'm attaching cans to chains. Well, yeah. it's kind of funny because in this first little you know, vignette of them going out and trying to get the first gra- Graboid here um, – you kind of think like, all right, you know, we had the two guys in the first one and the two guys in the second one, and this must be now the two guys that we get in the third one. And then after this first like scene, Jody shows up at the end, and then she's with them the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's just a big a part of it as both of them. So I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so this kind of early uh, trying to hunt the graboid leads to where Melvin comes back, uh-huh. right? And then it leads to one of the really fun scenes this, yeah. in this uh, where so Melvin has shown up and all of a sudden Bert's like computer starts saying the graboid is like nearby right. and they're like shut up shut the fuck up Melvin it's a graboid and he's like what a graboid no fucking way and he's like shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> and Melvin shut it Melvin just shut your goddamn mouth uh, and so the graboid the graboid attacks. Uh, and Bert gets fucking eaten. Yes, he Bert's, does. Bert, like, climbs into a barrel somehow, and the barrel gets yes. eaten by the Graboid wholesale. And this, I actually was like, what? Like, I exclaimed, like, what the heck? You yeah. know, like, because I was like, I know this character anyways, but, like, I just, <laughs> like, I really couldn't believe this happened, and it was really just like, well, how's he going to get out of this one, you know? Because I knew he was going to live, but well, I like crazy. I like that they actually take a moment, and, like, the music comes in all, like, uh, like a funeral Bugle, right. kind yeah, of. and Jack's like, oh, God, he's dead. He's yeah. trying to wonder, like, how am I going to tell the rest of the town? Like, you they, see him. They let you sit it. with it for a moment and think, like, oh, shit. Like, 
he was a pretty big name, but like maybe they could only get him for the first part of the movie. Right. Yeah. He's dead now. Uh, but then he comes in over the radio like, not much air. air. <laughs> Go to my house. Hurry. Donkey Kong Country logic won't hold yeah. out for long. <laughs> Barrel magic running low. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought that was great. Uh, and so then we get a payoff for uh, the fact that Bert had built uh, an entire steel-plated concrete barrier underground around his house. And he has uh, Jack lead the Graboid all the way through there and have him like run into the wall just like... And a callback to the first movie. Yeah, how, just how like they the first movie. The, yeah, how they killed the first Graboid. Yeah, and then even... But even after that, then Jack has to like shovel... All the dirt and then... Yeah. Oh, no. It's amazing. Yeah. They this is great. Out and then it's like, it's like the most Evil Dead throwback that they have in these movies. Yeah. It gets like the throwback of the gore of like just how viscous and gross the Graboids are. Because Dan pulls out... Or Desert Jack uh, pulls out a... Uh, He's got a chainsaw. A chainsaw. <laughs> Which I was like, whoa, watch out for Bert in there. I, know, I was worried he was going to cut him, but he makes it out. And then it's interesting, his reaction. Another thing I didn't expect, I thought he was going to be like, I have been in the belly of the beast and survived. Yeah. You know, I thought he was going to be all serious, but he just looks at Jody and Jack and he's like, we will never speak of this. And just like yeah. walks away. Like, yeah. And then Jody has this awesome line where she's like, yeah, you guys definitely need supervision. Yeah. <laughs> she's like... You guys are fucking crazy. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was a, that was an awesome part. Yeah. Uh, so then we uh, find out basically that the scientists and government people have effed up and gotten killed by the Shriekers. Yep. All off screen, right? Because you mentioned we don't have the rights to the Shriekers. But, yeah. Yeah. But this is like this is actually a, a great scene too. They they have it's another yet again another callback call to. Yeah. Uh, Tremors 2, where like the one scientist that was with the FBI guy and or the Department of the Interior guy mm-hmm. comes like walking out of the desert, like mm-hmm. covered in um, fire extinguisher fire spray or whatever. Yeah. And he's just like, he looks like visibly shaken and he tells this like harrowing story. This is the closest <laughs> the movie gets to horror. I yeah. Think. yeah. I think because like it's kind of left by the wayside, some of the horror elements and the scary parts of one. Uh, and two had less of them, and this is just a full-blown, like, fun action movie. But this is the scene that kind of has a little bit of that horror yeah. DNA. and it's fun because it plays with, like, y- y- as soon as you see him like that, you know, having seen the previous film, exactly what happened. Yes. And so you're like, oh, fuck. It's yeah. like, shit has gone down. There's right. shriekers now. Like, why else is he covered in right. this stuff? And I just thought that was a really fun scene to see him, like, explain, like, there were just so many of them. And, and, and like... We came across the graboid, and 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 Bert's like it was empty, right? It was, it was <laughs> yeah, and it was just cool to see that uh, that kind of little bit of horror. In Absolutely, and yeah, and and he's been uh, impaled through the back, and and then he dies. Yep, yeah. yep. Um, it's interesting that you bring up the thing about it not being as scary, and to me, it, the reason it's not as scary is because these creatures are CGI and they're not scary. Right. It was scary in some later scenes where they do have a practical version that they're kind of like wrestling with and it's like up in their face, but the CG versions to me like just were not scary. And so the first yeah. movie still has like the best creatures in yeah. my opinion. I mean, they're doing their best with the CG, but this movie uh, relies further on CG than the previous films. Uh, and it's like, I don't know. It's okay for 2001, probably. 
Yeah, it's it's not great. Like some of the it just stuff, doesn't hold up. Some of the stuff looks worse than Clash of the Titans, like the original one. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I watched like uh, a very brief special feature where uh, one you uh, apart from the CG, you get a real sense that like everyone making this film like loves the franchise and right. they're like all big family and everything. But they talk a lot about the CG and how, like, much work they did. Right. And, like, they do all this stuff about, like, oh, man, we made sure that the shadows show up. And when the, yeah. when the, the thing, you know, the monster is, like, touched the ground, there's dirt that f- flies up. So they, like, they like went for it. No, I mean, yeah, there's, it's definitely there's, just an age thing. It doesn't yeah. age as well. There's a lot of effect shots in this. Like, every, basically, well, we'll, we'll get to what they're called. But, yeah, uh, we're we're like tiptoeing around that. There is there is a third evolution uh, that might have been prophesized in a previous episode of sequel rights. Mm. Uh, but um, you know, this is the same era as the Scorpion King, and if you remember <laughs> when the full CG rock came out, that it was hilariously bad. It's, it's perennially on the uh, worst CG ever. Yeah. Yeah, like that was super before cuts. we all had to respect the rock. That's right. <laughs> hey, we we still that's got true. to make fun of him back then. And yeah, now, that's true. Now he's like possibly a world leader. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think that that it's this movie is ambitious in how many sure. shots that it has. Yeah. And at the time, there just wasn't the technology wasn't there, and it the movie suffers, but it doesn't break it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I, I don't think so. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, do you guys want to get to the, uh, the third evolution or is there something else before that? Um, well, we do get kind of an introduction that we are introduced to, uh, El Blanco, the right. last remaining graboid at this point, I think yeah. the other two have turned into shriekers off screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, sorry. Two one of them killed, killed. one yeah. is shriekers and one is now El, El Blanco. Blanco. Like, cause, and so Miguel who actually like, yes, he's played by an Italian guy doing a really ridiculous Mexican accent. Bringing all the stereotypes. Yeah, but (laughs) I actually really did like this character in this movie because he was very smart. And he really helped Bert a lot um, up until this point. And he, like, MacGyver's a fishing pole thing so they can get the radio and all this cool stuff. And then they see this Graboid that's, like, weirdly white. And he's like, oh, you know, I once had a goat that was, like, albino. And so this must be like that. And the thing about that albino goat is that it was sterile. It could not have any babies. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And so they're all like, oh, that's why he hasn't turned into <laughs> shriekers yet. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of, like, set that up and then leave it there. Yeah. And then... Um, and and the whole movie, they have this fun kind of, like, Moby Dick thing going on mm-hmm. with Blanco and Bert. Where it's like always knows where he is and you yeah. don't know why and and Bert so and Bert even says like call me Ishmael <laughs> I know yeah. that that was a little ridiculous I do like that we're <laughs> setting up basically in this universe if you name whatever it is you get that credit and it, yeah. that's the name <laughs> yeah. of it forever so it's like you know Chang set up Graboids and I think. Earl or one of them set up the Shriekers and this one like Miguel sets up El Blanco and it is El Blanco forever yep yep Miguel gets a and if we're doing throwbacks to other other selves in the series when he dies it immediately goes the score goes to mariachi music (laughs) and then and then Bert pulls a rosary off of him (laughs) that's true yeah it's it's stereotypical but i also thought it was kind of like nice because yeah. i was like oh this character no like, no yeah. absolutely no i love the character but there was a hilarious turn in the last 
uh, and Tremors 2 uh, of like, oh, we're crossing the border. Like, <laughs> yep. fire up the horns. Oh, God. And yes. it kind of happens again. Yeah, yeah, I did feel sad to lose him, though. I don't know if I've like felt that sad genuinely to lose a character in one of these sequel rights movies since, like, I don't know. Yeah. Was, it was a bummer because he's like. like five times you thought Five was dead? No. <laughs> maybe, um, what was his name? Skinny and Step Up. The guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Skinny, no. Skinny, no. Uh, yeah, I, like, I thought Miguel was great because, like, I feel like he was one of the few characters that like always had a smile on his face and yeah. he was just like a happy guy. And yeah, in this movie, like you, you said, he's you really felt smart. Like he was really like in it for him and Bert were in it for like the good of the town. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. So, uh, let's get into the third <laughs> evolution. Um, so do you remember how exactly they, uh, discover this? It just kind of happens, right? They yeah. find an egg. Right, earlier in the movie they find an egg and they're like, What the fuck? There's an yeah. egg? The the they're they're like, Oh, the the shell of the egg is three hundred years old, but right. the inside of it is like current or something. Or just right. it was just opened up. So yeah. then they that's they realize, okay, that's how we have this new wave of graboids right now. Right, right, right. Um and then they're looking for shriekers and they see something off in the distance, mm-hmm. right? Um because oh yeah, because uh Bert had like driven he had like put a brick on his uh gas pedal of the car just drove it off so that they could escape the graboid that was in the area and it crashed and then they look down at the crash car and they see what they think is a shrieker and it turns out to be some other seen shriekers in real life except for bert so they're kind of like is that a shrieker? yeah they're like what is this and this weird looking animal that kind of has like the teeth of its face is like the kind of like claw teeth of a graboid right right and it and it kind of looks like it's a weird, some kind of weird duck thing. It looks like yeah, it looks like if, a, if, a, if <laughs> I'm trying an, to describe if it. an anteater <laughs> fucked an ostrich. <laughs> yeah, so it's got like this weird. It's got like a beak that's kind of like the graboid. It's a mobile claws. creature though. It's not like a graboid. That's yeah. just a dumb worm. It's on it's two legs, the, two legs. But then it has these fins, like a back fin and a side fin. It's like a turkey shark. And the first thing I thought when I saw this, I was like, Is that thing gonna fly? Yeah. I think it's going to fly. Kind of. (laughs) It's more like falling with style. Is is it going to launch? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So they're looking at this thing. They're like, what the fuck is that? Oh, God, it's something different. Oh, And then all of a sudden it starts making this weird noise that I did not appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know if I can recreate it, but it sounds gross. (laughs) Like, right? Yeah. It kind of sounded like. Like methane farts. No, the the noise it makes so, so it does this noise when it's like rearing up to do its yeah. like launching thing, but it sounded like a gross like it was jerking off or something. Yeah. <laughs> Let's it's cut like, to the chase. What it does. Just like that. Well, if you want to fly, you got to believe. <laughs> so yeah, Elis, explain what it does. Yeah, we're going to cut right to it. What it does is it farts out a uh, flammable liquid, and then it lights its own farts on fire to <laughs> fly into the air. To, and, then, to, and then glides. And then it can glide with its little, like, wings. You could also say that it blasts itself yeah. into the air. <laughs> Maybe out of its ass. <laughs> Indeed, the nomenclature that they have are ass blasters. Yeah. Yep. And Jody's like, we gotta name these things, just like, <laughs> just like uh, Walter Chang was. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a familial instinct. Yes. Uh, fun fact, the, um, the amalgamated dynamics guys, uh-huh. uh, based that design on an actual beetle that does that exact same mm. thing. Cool. Oh. That combines fluids in its body that to... makes it less stupid. Wait, that, like, <laughs> that actually creates fire? 
Or yeah, it does it does that same kind of chemical reaction. It might not be fire, but it's probably like a gaseous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but it does that same kind of chemical reaction to launch itself. That is so cool. I thought they just made it up as a joke of like, haha, lady yeah, no, parts apparently on fire. It's based on, I don't remember the name. They, I don't remember the name of the beetle, but it's some sort of real beetle. That That's cool because I thought it was just a juvenile joke about lighting your farts on fire. Yeah. I mean, it is in the movie, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I learned from the Blu-ray that that, that does make it less stupid. It yeah. does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Because they spend the whole movie just being like, duh, ass blasters, fart jokes. So yeah, yeah through a chain of events, we start to like form the new rules around the ass blasters. And we find out the shriekers just kind of transform into the ass blasters at some point. And they have like the little radar thing on their head, just like the shriekers did. So they have the, um, the heat infrared, vision. yeah. And uh, they have the flying, but mm -hmm. I, I, they cannot hear, just like the graboids. So they, you gain a few things, you lose a few things. Which, which leads to the most hilarious distraction. If you thought Bert <laughs> sending his shirt out on a clothing line was a dumb way to distract the streakers, you have not seen Ariana Richards throw a full Christmas ham that's... <laughs> Already decorated for some reason that's just sitting out <laughs> into a microwave for literally seconds. three seconds. I, yeah. And then it's like, ding! And then, and then throw it as a heat detractor from this ass blaster. It's like, oh, well, this hot ham is obviously going to be a distraction. And it's like, you need to microwave a ham. For ham bomb! <laughs> <laughs> so funny the way that they used her in this scene because it's like at this point this girl is worldwide famous for being scared right, <laughs> yeah. like, and, and yeah. I just I mean she screams a few times but it's not suspenseful right. <laughs> and the, also the whole scene again takes place with food and it's in a kitchen and yeah. she's gonna use the food to distract the monster but it's just so not like Jurassic Park that's hilarious yeah <laughs> and we get to watch the CG ass blaster eat a ham and then also eat a sausage yeah <laughs> like it eats like three different things which which the effects budget could have been used elsewhere yeah <laughs> yeah did not need to see it eat the ham I would have wouldn't have bought it, but it actually would have been better if I didn't see it actually go for <laughs> but it. But we, we, we learned from this that unlike the Shriekers, when the Shriekers eat food, they multiply. When the uh, <laughs> ass blasters eat food, they get all lethargic and like, bruh. They, they, they know this has not, uh, I'm they reveal full. this in the best possible way. <laughs> like, we don't find out about it right away until yeah. later. Um, so, uh, Bert and Jack and uh, Jody all come back to his compound uh, at some point, and they're running away from the ass blasters. Uh, and yeah, they all end up in his yeah. underground lair once again, yeah. and the ass blasters chasing them. And they're like, "All right," they end up going and. So obviously, because Bert has covered, and I thought this as soon as he said, I've covered the sides and the bottom of my compound, <laughs> like, so that no graboids can what get in. What about the top? What about the, yeah, what about mind, the top? Like, oh, this is the movie where we're going to get flying you know, <laughs> yep, something. Yep. Which, by the way, like, his first thing was a bomb shelter. Like, it would be fine. Yeah. It would be fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. So, um... <laughs> They're they're down there, and then within the bomb shelter, he has yet another panic room, which is where all the food is hidden. And then within that, there's a secret tunnel that you can slide out of. <laughs> which on the IMDb it's like the asshole of the yes, <laughs> slide out this poop chute. <laughs> so in the second holdout room, uh, one thing is universally clear if you look at the reviews on IMDb or on Amazon, people and Tremors fans are upset. 
that they're like, this is bullshit. Bert would absolutely would have had more guns in his second I did think room. about that. Yeah, why does <laughs> all it... the guns are in the first room, but the second room was food. They're only. like, they, yeah. come on, Bert doesn't even have a holdout piece. Like, <laughs> I refuse to believe it. Like, there are so many reviews that complain about that fact. Yeah, that I mean, so that did cross funny. my mind. I was like, why is it only food? He says they can survive for seven years in there. So yeah, give or take, give or take. So they can feel that the ass blaster is just pouring fire onto the door and that it's going to melt. Which I thought was gross. They never show that, but I was thinking about it like, it is gross. (laughs) And again, he built that to withstand a nuclear blast. Yeah. Yeah. But what about an ass blast? (laughs) (laughs) No one expects the ass blast. (laughs) I stand corrected. I stand corrected. You're right. Nobody does. I mean, the pure heat of it. Before they slide down. (laughs) Too bad uh, he didn't have a ham. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Before they slide down the escape chute, uh, Bert is once again bragging and talking about how great MREs are, the meal ready to eat. Which, yeah. is, which is actually hilarious. <laughs> that like, like it, is a, it is a callback up. to, like, yeah. we were talking about in the last episode of just, like, how much we loved him just reading the ingredients of the MREs. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And then right before they go down the chute, they're like, wait, Bert, what's going to happen when the Shrieker finally breaks in here and eats all of your MREs and all this food? And he's like, crap, you know, like, he's like, all right. Just go and I'll take care of it. And so they go. He doesn't know yet that I, I they believe, become. I believe he says "ass blast blitzkrieg." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he pours like five gallons of gasoline all over the food, and then throws, you know, lights it, and then puts it right. He puts it right by the door. The tank of gasoline by the door, yeah. so when it burns through, it'll got ignite. it, got it. Yeah. And so then he goes out and escapes, and you hear the food storage blow up and obviously kill the shrieker. And then he's like, "And it's about to reach my ammunition in three, two. One, and then a giant explosion. The, the biggest explosion. compound is toast. <laughs> and and again, we go back to Tremor's longstanding tradition of showing an, an explosion of no building and then just cutting to inserts of random debris. Yeah. Well, this one is a, se- a separate from the explosion. <laughs> this one was uh, pretty egregious. I think it's like it's like a, it's like window explosion. blinds <laughs> and like uh, a random shed that you yeah, never it, saw, it, it, and then saw. a boat out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, like, and the boat doesn't. <laughs> Like blow up or crash, it rolls down the hill slightly. Yeah. Why would the window blinds make it all the way over? It's it's really bad. It's really really bad. I don't so they're know. lying there on the grass with all the debris around them, and Bert's like, "Oh God!" He's like mourning all of his guns, and then Nancy and Mindy call him on the radio, and they're like, "Bert, guess what? The Shriekers, when they eat food, they don't multiply. They just go into a food coma." And he's like. Like he basically, <laughs> he basically has a mental like, breakdown. Yeah, like he has a mental breakdown, and Jody's just like, "Bert's not available right now, but thank you for the update." <laughs> <laughs> he made so many memories with Reba. That's what he's sad about. That's true. Yeah, That's true. yeah. Uh, was this? Um, is it after this or before this where they had actually killed one and kind of? Do a little bit more of explaining about like what the whole uh, I evolution believe, is. I believe they had killed one before. Well, we learn uh, somewhere in the movie. <laughs> they they yeah. kill one and look inside of it, and they see that inside the ass blaster, there's one of those eggs. Yes. And so we learn that 
this evolution is like a cycle. It's the Graboids and the Shriekers, then the Ass Blasters, and the Ass Blasters fly away to deposit the eggs yeah, around. Like, the, like so they, they could they as can far go as possible. But they previously yeah. established that scientists said the egg lays dormant for 300 years. So it's like, if we can just get past these <laughs> Ass Blasters, like, it's not right. our problem anymore. Sorry, future Earth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this leads to what might be the worst. Yeah, it's the worst. Funniest. Worst. Worst scene in the movie. So all the Bert's place has exploded and now they have no way to hide from the, uh, they have no way to get away or hide from the ass blasters because, you know, they can see your body heat and everything, right? So at this point, all of the shriekers are ass blasters. So we don't even really know how many there are. Yeah. also, El Blanco is still kind of around somewhere that we right. don't really know. So they can't use Bert's car because it just got blown up. Uh, and <laughs> Jack is like, oh, luckily, uh, we have something we can use. And he looks over and it's like, there's the boat and a blue tarp. And so they decide to hop in the boat, put the tarp over themselves, and then push the boat down a hill. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> and there's this like scene that goes on really long where it's like it looked like they had fast forwarded the footage or something because sure. it's kind of like this weird like three stooges because, type because yeah, because <laughs> a boat rolling down a hill doesn't look great yeah. or exciting. I don't even remember this scene to be honest. I think I must have like taken a couple bites. Oh of my, my god! Or something. Yeah, like, so there's a scene. It's, it's like rolling down the hill and everyone's like like freaking out like oh god oh Jack Jack and Jack is using like an oar or something to like yeah. kind of steer it, but they're on just like the dirt. So. Yeah. It just looks really bad. <clears throat> and then, then they get they end up in a junkyard, right? Well, they crash into Melvin's billboard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got we get to uh so they're they're kind of hiding around trying to find something that they can do to kill the ass blasters. Yeah, because yeah, like you said, they get to that junkyard and And before this they've killed them with guns. They don't like Bert's guns get blown up, so they know they can kill them. Um, now they have nothing. They got nothing. Oh, also, when they examined the body and found that egg, they also—that's when they figured out that they've got this flammable liquid, and right. that's how they right. work. Yeah. And then we get a throwback that part of me loves and part of me hates <laughs> so fucking much. Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> where where so they're they're hiding around this junkyard trying to find something that they can use to kill these ass blasters, and. There, so Desert Jack decides, well, oh, I think there's one around this corner. Let me just see. And if everyone <laughs> remembers in two, that cool knife reflection trip <laughs> yeah. that, that Bert does. Be like, oh, like, like were these shriekers right here? Well, Desert Jack picks up a goddamn toaster. <laughs> Sounds like that would have to be a pretty brave little toaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was also at the time thinking, like, is this supposed to be some sort of, like, Jurassic Park uh, right. callback to There's right. so many Jurassic Park. <laughs> and and <laughs> it's just him holding it, and he's like, like, oh, it's right there. But the way that it's shot, it's like, of course it's right there. Like, yeah, you yeah. can hear it. <laughs> and then they, they, I think they kill that one just by, like, tipping boxes over yeah. on it. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, got it. Got so, it. yeah, you can smash them. Uh, we established that you can... You know, if you put some kind of fire at them, they will explode extra because they've got all this flammable liquid right. inside of them. And uh, at some point, they all run into a porta potty, at which I was just thinking, like, I'm confused now as to what actually blocks heat. <laughs> like, mattresses. Yeah, mattresses, porta potties, <laughs> maybe a cardboard box. <laughs> yeah. um, 
a building, but not really. A car, but not really. I mean, in the in the second movie, they used a door. Right? They were, They're all walking yeah. behind that door. So I just don't even know anymore what blocks he... <laughs> Any material that's not yourself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, whatever. Hams are amazing conductors of <laughs> So in the porta potty, they come up with this plan. <laughs> That's how long it takes me to cook my Christmas ham every year. Two minutes in the oven, done. <laughs> Basically, they come up with a plan that they're going to find in the junkyard and make these flaming arrow cannons make, out make, of pipes. Make, make a potato gun, yeah, that shoots wrought iron stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was wrought like, a potato what? Like, that's a thing that people do? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's a I, real thing. I absolutely built a potato cannon. You didn't it. ever I, do that in high school? Uh, no, I'm a girl. I'm from Southern California, oh. and uh, my mom is extremely anti-gun. Oh, I think. I mean, I think they did it in like science class. Yeah, mm. yeah, I'm yeah. It's sure just like did. yeah, yeah. But you use like PVC pipe and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we get another like. I was also a big pyro. So. Oh, I thought you were gonna say pirate. Yeah, I'm also like not. I'm the opposite of that. So I would never like do blowing things up. There's no way. We would take hammers to fireworks to make them blow up bigger. Uh, yeah, I was like this. This movie gets two awesome MacGyver scenes. We get Miguel with yeah. the yes. uh, the fishing pole, uh-huh. and then these guys with the potato gun. Yeah, which makes it kind of like rain of fiery, where uh, that Matthew McConaughey Christian Bale movie. Oh where yeah, they fought dragons. <laughs> Exactly like that. Uh, so they need fluid, and Bert finally finds like a thing of booze in the trailer of that guy that got killed in the first movie, who was right. a booze hound, Nestor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's like a random callback. That's I an didn't amazing even remember callback. Which one Nestor was? Yeah. I had to like go look it up. He was the guy who died on the uh, yeah. yeah the yeah. town drunk. So. Yeah, yeah. I had to think. A lot. I was thinking about that for like ten minutes after that scene happened. Yeah. Like, who was Nestor? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, he finds the booze stuck in his old trailer, and uh, then they start shooting these uh, ass blasters out of the air with flaming arrows. And yeah, which pretty was cool. pretty cool. <laughs> and and Jody kills one. She does. And what does she say when she does it? She says, "Blast it out your own ass." <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah, that's a great. That's a great one liner. <laughs> yeah. So they kill. And she brags a- about killing it. Like I got one. I, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and Bert keeps saying, "Don't get cocky, though, because remember, they always learn when yeah. you start figuring out how to kill a few of them. They always start to learn." And um, at some point, one of them makes it into the trailer that they're hiding in. And this was the only time I felt that these ass blasters were really scary because they did use a practical front of a head to be like in Jody and Jack's face and they're like ah, they're like pushing the claws away from them and stuff that yeah. actually like looked good to me yeah so. yeah yeah and then uh it we we learned that uh <laughs> El Blanco is back right yes yeah El so, Blanco they start to notice that he's like in the area right. yeah and they're and the, and Bert's like god damn it he always fucking knows where I am how the hell is so they Bert realizes that some special supersonic watch that the Argentinian government <laughs> gave him as a gift right. is actually attracting graboids, the yeah. underground ones. And I will say, just to chime in about what people have said on the internet comments about this movie, <laughs> is that those watches, like it's like one that like they go like sync to like the atomic clock at like the in Denver. Yeah, somewhere. and he talked about Using it, but I was like, okay, waves. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But so 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 what the internet has said is that you know that that. Uh, watch receives, but it doesn't transmit, so the graboids would not be able to hear the frequency coming from it. So thank you, oh. Internet. But in the movie, it makes total sense that he has this very, very fancy watch that is emitting a sound that makes it so El Blanco always knows where he is and is yeah. attracted to it. 
So this is the part that sort of infuriated me because Bert falls out of the trailer and lands on an upside down mattress or box spring or whatever. And the springs attached to his vest that has like a million pockets in it. And so yeah. he can't get up. And he's like, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Cut me out of this thing. Cut the springs with those, that knife and blah, blah, blah. And get out my leather and this and that. At no point does he just take Thank off the vest. The vest. <laughs> I know. Like, just scurry out of that vest and run away. But it's a, he it's a survival one hundred and one. Never he, remove your vest. He literally spends the rest of the scene tied to this box spring, yeah. and refusing to take off his vest. Never anything. remove your. You got to take out your uh, most powerful character during the final. That's right. That's right. Uh, That's true. climactic. So moment. Action Jack basically takes the supersonic watch and pulls like a Jurassic Park situation yeah. here he throws it and it gets stuck on one of the ass blasters and then el blanco comes up and eats the, the t-rex blaster. shows up to save the That's day right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i was kind of like oh come on but oh I, you know whatever i thought it was, it was clever it was yeah clever. yeah and uh yeah so el blanco kills the final ass blaster and i thought that ass blaster would like explode inside of el blanco and el blanco would die too but it turns out that's not the case yeah yeah el blanco lives at the end of this movie, right? Yeah. Um, so then we Email basically block. go to the end of the... We get our little epilogue. Mm-hmm. And um, we find out that Nancy and whatever Jurassic Park girl have duct taped like that other ass blaster and keeping it like as a pet that people can look at. But they end up selling it to the highest bidder so that she can go to college, which was Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> she's like, the buyers from Vegas came in with a higher offer. Should we do it? And they're like, yeah. And then she's like... Siegfried Roy, <laughs> it's this yours. Blaster is yours. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was so re- kind of ridiculous. It's insane. I didn't think that. It, it was funny enough when she was like the buyers from Vegas, and you're just like, oh, I wonder who that is. And then she, uh, it was just over the top that she's like Siegfried Roy. <laughs> and then basically, I have the name of your demise right here. <laughs> yeah. They don't really explain how they do this, but they create some kind of enclosure where they're going to keep El Blanco there because as long as he's there, Melvin cannot develop any properties. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Melvin. Screw Melvin over. (laughs) It's funny because Bert specifically says, like, everyone in this town hates you enough that we will keep, like, this deadly (laughs) monster in our town just so that you can't make a buck. Yeah. And then he strands him on a rock to die. (laughs) And also, at this point, it's like, Bert can't build, rebuild his compound here, right? Because... I think you could probably, he could probably rebuild on his own property. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you're, yeah, you just can't develop new New things. things. That's how it kind of usually works with ADA stuff, I know, but I don't know. And I think this, uh, this movie has my favorite, like, ending of all the films so far, because, like, so, yeah, uh, Melvin comes back out and meets Bert out in the desert, and he's like, what the heck, Bert? Like, you, you know, you're never going to take my offer. And he's like, well, now nobody can take your offer. And explains that. And then, like I said, strands him on a rock. And the movie fades to black and goes into the credits with Melvin yelling like, God damn it, Bert! I hate you so much! Bert, you suck! Yeah. Fuck you, Bert! And then, like, the credits start rolling and he's still going like, screw off, Bert! I can't believe you fu- fucking I hate like this! this. God damn perfection! Well, yeah. Fuck you! It's like, you right-wing piece of and shit! His, like, yeah, yeah him, him yelling, like, goes, like, over the credits for, like, 20 seconds yeah. awesome. before it fades out. <laughs> Uh, I, oh, I forgot that was to great. mention too. We don't we don't get a big kiss in this one, but Jody and Jack. It's implied that they kind of get together. That's right. And yeah. Mindy's looking at them, and she's like, "Ugh, older women." It's like, "Oh no, just age appropriate women." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, They're the same age and you're 19. So <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> what did you, I know we didn't talk about him too much, but what did you guys think of Jack uh, kind of coming in as the uh, little bit of the sidekick character? I liked him better Kevin than Bacon. Grady. I he started was, out hating him more than Grady and then came to like him. I think more. he was way better than Grady. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. He had more personality and it wasn't... He did. Yeah, Grady was well, almost more like a Melvin character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, had, he had an arc like where like, yeah. he, like he sucked and then he sucked less. And then he sucked less. <laughs> well, <laughs> then and then you kind of need like a doofy guy and a handsome guy, which was the yeah. original formula. But I think but then uh, Fred Ward was still like pretty handsome, so they're like, all right, we'll get somebody really doofy. Yeah, yeah. And now you got Bert, who's obviously much older than anybody, and also really, you know doofy and so they're like let's get another handsome guy in i here. think he just had way more like charisma than the yeah. than the grady character who seemed more of yeah like the doof like you yeah. said yeah and just like a more of a whiny well, guy it's, like, in it's, general. Like, it's almost like they, they knew about that because like buford was kind of the grady character and they just killed him yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true and that's they, true. like it's interesting how like right now at this point there's three movies right you had one that was really like your kevin bacon arc and then you really had your fred ward arc and yeah. this one's like burt's, burt's arc. arc so and the the other two you know jody and Jack are co-leads or whatever, but like you know, they're they're second to Bert. Yeah. So all Jody, all Jody, Jody movie. Jody. Next, I'm, next I'm, movie. I wish in my that would, that would be that great. Would be yeah. The case. Um. So I think uh, it's time to find out. Um. How many two second hams would you guys give <laughs> out of ten for this movie? Tyler, I'm gonna give it six two second hams. Mm, mm, mm. But it does have pineapple on top. Pineapple. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's true. The one in the movie did. It did. <laughs> For some reason. That's how they come. Um, Elis, what about you? I'm also going to say six hams. Whoa. Are we going to go six, six, six on this? <laughs> Don't. Sign of the beast. <laughs> then we'll have Sign to stop of the ass. I'm going to give it a six as well. <laughs> Omen series. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think I gave uh, the both of the last ones sevens, and uh, like I said early on in this episode, I think um, that I was really surprised. I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed this movie. Like I was ready for it to be like a steep decline, and just the fact that they brought all these characters back and like uh, you know this is another straight to DVD thing. Like they didn't have to go to those lengths to yep. to mm-hmm. keep the continuity, bring back all these familiar faces that we you know arguably missed from the last movie yeah. <laughs> a little bit. As as much as there's budgetary things that make this movie feel like it's it's not up to the same quality as other ones, there is definite care for these characters and for the locations and the creatures and you know, the CG we talked about it being not great, but it was them really going for it with the technology that they had and they didn't know a bit at that point in time when you're doing that and making a film, you're rolling the dice in 2001 in terms of what it's going to look like. And they and probably the- thought it looked great, which then it probably did. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it looks better than Jar Jar Binks or whatever in the original. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, unspecialized. Tyler, were you upset with the uh, evolution this time as, as you were last time? Um, no, I mean, once you already break those rules, then no. I mean, I just really loved – I mean, I was thinking about this a little bit more. Like, we got into that whole thing. I was like, well, they probably ran out of things to do. And it's like, well, you don't run out of things to do with the Dracula. Yeah. Like – you know, like you, I, I wanted to see more of those original. I, I don't know. I, I still really love the idea of setting up that myth. At the same time, uh, you know, it is fun to see them evolve. It is fun to see that they always learn. And yeah. and you know, one of the, what they decided is a more important tenant than being quiet and staying off the ground and going to the rocks is that they will always learn. They will always be smarter in a way that makes them scarier than most of the monsters that are out yeah, there. Yeah, and this and this one too, like, uh, apart from just being another evolution, they did a really good job to help uh, fill out the mythology using this new evolution. Like, they right. 
they've made it be like it's a circle of life type of situation. Yeah, so it's technically like closing the loop on the life cycle. So exactly. Even though we've established that they evolve and that they get smarter, we haven't seen them evolve any physical traits. And we assume that they probably won't because within our lifetime, because these eggs, you know, gestate for 300 right. years. Right. So we're not going to see them be like, oh, now all of a sudden we've got, you know, uh, now we avoid all humans wings. with mustaches. Yeah, yeah. Like that, so. We have anti-mustache uh, sense. I did have a child star check-in, actually. What? Uh, on Tourist Boy number one and Tourist oh, Boy number yes. two. Oh, yes. I forgot about the tourists. From Action Jack's tours. Um, so one of them is Desert Jason Jack. Hopkins. Uh, he went on to be in Veronica Mars and Van Wilder. Um, and while he was in Tremors, he was also a Starbucks manager, uh-huh. and then he became a Trader Joe's regional manager, uh-huh. and then he opened 15 Pinkberries in the Massachusetts and Connecticut area, and now he is an area manager of a chain on the East Coast called Sweet Green, which is kind of like an upscale, uh, fast casual is it like Tender place. Greens? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not familiar with it, but I looked at their website. Freaking ripoff. Yeah. So uh, he's very <laughs> successful. Like 15 Pinkberries. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. So, Those know. are so yeah. hard to manage. Yeah. We only have we only have three Pinkberries between us. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, refill the thing. Yeah. And then Tourist Boy number two. Lock the door. <laughs> is Matthew Seth Wilson who was in this and is in a future Tremors movie, and I'm assuming is related to S.S. Wilson. And I could not find anything else about him, so maybe someday we'll get to ask him what's he up to. Very cool. Uh, Well, that was... uh, I think that's going to bring us to the end of Tremors 3, Back to Perfection. Indeed. Uh, Next week, we have a very exciting episode for you guys. A couple things. First of all, the next movie we're talking about is called Tremors 4, um, Tremors for the legend begins. Ooh. So, what do you guys think that means? Sounds like a prequel to me. Prequel, huh? Okay, okay. What about uh, I mean, yeah. what if we get a new hero? We that their legend is beginning. We could have that. We could have that. I'm gonna make something up and say that uh, it's actually a movie completely told from the graboid perspective and they it's the, it's the benji graboid movie yeah and they we find out why they think they have to eat humans that make sense oh my god <laughs> that's the real legend that would be amazing <laughs> stop making all that noise you're gonna bring the goblins down <laughs> elis where can people uh you know give us some love yeah, um, so you can find all of our past episodes at SequelRights.com. I just want to give a shout-out to the official Tremors franchise fans group uh, <laughs> on Facebook, if you're coming here from there. Uh, they're, like, really into Tremors, obviously. And yeah, it's a cool group. We love like, you guys. Yeah, those guys are really crazy yeah, in, in a great way. Uh, I especially like this one guy whose wife made, like, um, Graboid buns, like out of bread that look like oh, graboids. What? It was so cool. That's oh my God, awesome. We should have a Bake Off episode where we do that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's so yeah, cool. Thanks if you're coming from there. Check out all our past episodes. Like we said, um, we're on Facebook at Sequel Rights, Twitter and Instagram at Sequel Rights, and uh, like you can always email us about anything at SequelRights mm-hmm. at Gmail dot com. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. And stay tuned for our interview with SS Wilson. Thanks. See you guys next week. Broke into the wrong goddamn rec room, didn't you, you bastard? 
Hey guys, thanks for sticking around for our interview with SS Wilson. Just wanted to give you a heads up that there were a couple little uh, technical issues with the audio throughout, but it clears up pretty quickly each time it comes up. So we hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks. We're here right now with uh, S.S. Wilson, co-creator of the Tremors franchise. Uh, we are so excited to have him here today. Uh, Steve, thank you for being with us here at Sequel Rights. Happy to be here. <laughs> um, this is uh, just really exciting for us. Um, so I wanted to just kind of uh, start things off by asking a little bit about like where the idea uh, for the film originated. Okay, um, let's see. So my partner, Britt Maddock, and I had sold a couple, three fairly high-profile screenplays, mm -hmm. finally, after 10 years of knocking around Hollywood, not doing anything. And uh, uh, um, we came out of, out of uh, producing and directing and writing short films for schools and libraries, back when there was such a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so we were used to doing everything. We, we had met at USC, the film, the graduate program at USC Film School, and we were used to doing everything, shooting, writing, writing, shooting, <laughs> cutting, doing sound, putting the movie out. So when we sold Short Circuit and, and subsequent projects that we worked on, we were we were sort of stunned at, at the fact that writers were not only part, not part of the production process, but not welcome <laughs> a lot of the time. And, and, uh, so we, we missed, you know, we missed having total control over our stuff. And our agent said, well, you guys, you're talking about producing. You're not talking about writing in Hollywood. And you're going to have to come up with something that you completely control and we'll try to sell it that way. So go into your file box and, and, uh, you know, come up with something that we can generate on spec. Cause, right, you know, we were kind of going from project to project, just being hired by people to do whatever they want to have done. Uh, so we said, okay. And she was the one actually who picked what we called land sharks at the time. <laughs> and, uh, the idea was, it was, it was loosely based, well, it was based on a note that I had made. I had a brief job working for the Navy, making movies out in the desert where the Navy had a base, oddly enough. Oh, wow. And, uh, and uh, the, it's out in the Mojave Desert, actually not too far from where we actually ended up shooting tremors, oddly enough. <laughs> and there's these bizarre rock formations out there. And on the weekends when I was working, I would hike around uh, the, the area. And uh, somewhere along the line, I made a note, what if there was something that could move through the sand, you know, like a shark or a fish or something? And I was trapped on this rock. That's all it said. And, uh, but she said, well, that sounds interesting. That sounds different. So then Brent and Vaughn Underwood and, and I sat down and worked out an outline. And it's funny now, you know, now that it's a franchise, <laughs> because everybody thinks they know what Tremors is. And I think studio executives probably think they wouldn't, they would have bought it, but they didn't. Right. And we, we pitched it first as a pitch because we were, you know, we could get a meeting with anybody. We were fairly high profile, high profile guys at the time. And uh, didn't couldn't sell it, and then we wrote an outline, twenty five page treatment, very very detailed. Couldn't sell it, so she, my our agent said, "Well, you're going to have to write it. Uh, we'll just write the script on spec, and we'll try to sell it." And we did that, and she uh, uh, then very carefully handpicked the executives that it would go to, 
knowing the town really well as she did, the whole business has completely changed. The way stuff is sold and the reason stuff is sold is all different now. But mm-hmm. uh, but at the time, she she kind of knew that it would get passed on all over town, and it did. But she also knew that Jim Jacks at Universal was an executive who really knew movie history. He would really get the sort of 50 sci-fi vibe and understand it, and he did. And he went to the studio heads and fought for it and continued to fight for us all the way through production. Uh, uh, so because of Jim and Nancy's hand-picking these people, and then at the 11th hour, Nancy involved Gail Ann Hurd, um, uh, partly to support getting Ron on the movie. Because Ron Underwood, we were, we were determined that our friend Ron would direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the one who originally hired us back in the day in the educational world. And, and so, uh, giving you probably more detail than you really want to. But anyway, <laughs> those were all the steps. Those were all the steps that were required. And then it finally sold and finally got a green light for a low budget movie. And, uh, and then the last piece that was needed was that Ron had to convince Kevin Bacon. If we got Kevin Bacon, we had no movie. <laughs> And if we did get Kevin Bacon, we did have a movie. And thankfully, Ron went to lunch with Kevin, and Kevin said yes. Yes. And we are thankful for all of that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after, after all that hard work uh, uh, bringing that first movie together, were, were you guys surprised at the reaction to it um, once it was released and like the, the reaction to it on home video and everything after the fact? Well, it was a very slow motion surprise. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the, movie, the movie, you know, it, it did okay, but mm-hmm. it was not the hit the studio was expecting. And it's the only time in my entire career that a studio executive called me and the head of Universal called me personally and said, we blew it. We blew the campaign. I'm so <laughs> upset. But the reality was nobody still knew what Tremors was. You know, we didn't know (laughs) that we had done this sort of genre twisting thing. We just did what we liked to do. And we had certain rules going in that made it what it was. And uh, uh, there were certain 50s tropes that we refused to do, for example. We said there will not be, you know, the the star will not be the head of the National Guard or the local sheriff or any of those things. It will be these two (laughs) handymen who don't even want the job. And, and those were all strange ideas, and they were comedic ideas. And so the studio marketing department didn't know how to sell the movie. And it's not like we knew. It's not like we were telling them, oh, you're making a mistake, other than with the poster, which we thought was terrible. <laughs> uh, but even there, they actually did what we asked. We, we begged them, don't show the, the, the graboids in the trailers. Don't show, you know, that if the movie is structured so that the graboids are a surprise. You've got to understand this. The audience will be surprised the first time they see it. Okay, well, we'll just show the tentacle and put teeth in it. Oh, my God. (laughs) The monster guys, the the Tom Woodruff and Alec Gillis, equally horrified at the poster. Because it was so Jaws, too. The poster was Jaws. Really? Jaws in the dirt? Really? So, anyway. uh, uh, So, the movie was, you know, it was not a huge hit. And Kevin was disappointed. That's why he didn't want to come back to to Primrose 2. Or one reason he didn't want to come back to Primrose 2. But... uh, (laughs) Uh, so, so we forgot about it. You know, we moved on. We, we had great fun making it. It was everything we wanted it to be. You know, we had total control as writers. We bugged Ron all the way through the movie. <laughs> you know, we were on set every day bothering Ron and bothering the cast. And 
nitpicking about everything. I ended up shooting second unit because I had done a lot of that kind of thing on the educational movies. And Ron said, well, you should just shoot second unit. And so we had great fun, but, you know, made its money back, and that's about it. Yeah. So it was years later, it was with the the advent, as you know, obviously, but with the, the, the video, home video market began to grow and grow as a, as a thing. Mm-hmm. And so one day we get this call from the home video division of Universal, which we did not know existed. And they said, hey, we would really like a Tremors 2 for the home video division. And we said, oh, okay. <laughs> and they, this was going, you know, this was a, a new thing, and it was going like gangbusters. And they said something that ultimately, all these years later, has proved to be true. They said, you know, we can sell anything called Tremors. We could call sell an empty VHX box called Tremors. <laughs> I think that's a compliment, but I'm not sure. And they... <laughs> So, you know, so, so suddenly here we were thinking about a sequel and, and, and we, it was, it was all very surprising. We said, yeah, absolutely we'll do it. And, uh, uh, and so the only rule we had for Tremors 2 was no queen graboid. There will be no <laughs> yes. queen graboid. That's the only thing we know. And, uh, we, uh, you know, and beyond that, you know, the, what was funny about the division is because they just wanted a box called Tremors too. <laughs> we had total control again. We said there'll be no Queen Grabway. We don't care. Said, well, Steve, Steve will direct it. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. What What was it like to uh, step into the director's chair for uh, the the second film? <laughs> well, directing is a blast. It is something I never thought I wanted to do. I'm a reclusive person. I was an animator for years in the educational market, working in my garage doing stop motion animation. And I was a writer, you know, another solitary profession. And uh, uh, when when Ron asked me to shoot Second Unit on Tremors One, I was I was horrified because I ended up with this crew of like a hundred people, and I was like, "Oh my God, I can't do this." But then I realized I could do it, and I got the bug, and I got to, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like being the king, you know. <laughs> if, if if you know what you're doing, and if you treat people well. You know, if you are open to ideas, you know, you can be a jerk and be a director, and a lot of people are, but you don't get the best work out of people if you do that. And so you end up getting credit for all these incredibly talented people. (laughs) If you just stand back and say, hey, you know, I want the explosion over here and not over there, or I want the explosion bigger, you know, that's my job on Tremors too. Bigger explosion. You know, uh, that's why the shrieker blows up the way it does when Bert shoots it. With, with oh, yeah, that, that is a great shot. It's like a Well, thumb. it's interesting. You know, we tested that over and over. The, the effects guys would come to me between takes. We're shooting somewhere else, and they say, okay, we have the we have a test shrieker rigged to blow with a squib. And I go over and go, pop. And I go, guys, it's a 50 caliber. No, no, no. <laughs> and come back the next day. You know, Here it is. Bang. You know, guys, it's a 50 caliber. <laughs> so I actually didn't know when we actually shot it. I actually didn't know what it was going to do. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so it was funny even to me. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I was just curious, in the writing process for Tremors 2, you guys are scaling up. Like That totally makes sense with you guys having total control and just the genesis of the uh, – the project in general is just you guys wanting to have the creative freedom, and I think that comes across in, in all of these movies and why they're so endearing. And I was just curious, you know, for two, you had some uh, uh, 
CG shots, one or two, in, in Tremors 1, and there's a lot more in 2, and I'm just curious with your background as an animator and in the writer's room, when you have a scene of, you know, x many Shriekers come over the hill, were you, is it your background in animation that made you confident that you could do that? Because it's a really swings for the fences for the sequel, and I think it succeeds. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it was certainly sort of the, the it was just becoming a thing, and it was just becoming doable, um, given that people um, were willing to, to cut their rates for us on our low-budget movie. Um, we, well, certainly when you say there's CG in Tremors 1, there are map paintings and there are miniatures. There isn't actually any computer imagery. Mm. Uh, uh, it's that old. But uh, <laughs> uh, we, we had... We had hopes, but again, you know, we would go to our people and say, "Look, what can we do? Here's how much money we have, uh, and what can we do?" And um, the um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the animator. <laughs> the brilliant animator who did our shriekers, he had done a test for us, which helped us actually mm-hmm. realize that we could do it. Um, and uh, uh, so we, it isn't so much. We wrote it because we knew we could do it. It was we would suggest things and say, "How many how many shriekers can we have?" You know, <laughs> and they would say, "Look at the budget," and you know, and everybody would ham and haw. Well, maybe we can do seven. You know, okay, well, we'll do seven. And then you design your shots. You back into it and you design your shots. So the sequence where we were pretty sure we wanted it was when they stack up. We we couldn't. See a way with the with the puppets, which are big and heavy and bulky, and lots of cables running out of their feet and everything. Uh, even when you, we couldn't see a way to do that idea, we loved that idea. So that's how we sort of backed into. Let's do that with CG, and it, you know, and it was a, it was an uphill battle. You know, the, all the technology was was old and funky, and it was hard to get the stuff to match. It still doesn't really match, and if you're honest and you look at it, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it works emotionally, but it's uh, it's not a Jurassic Park. Um, you, you spoke you spoke a little bit about like the rules that you guys had for the films, and like you didn't want to have a queen graboid. Like, what what was the uh, process and kind of like the rules around how you evolved the uh, mythology for each subsequent sequel, and like the evolutions with the graboids themselves. Um, like, yeah, what was kind of the process behind coming up with those ideas? Well, it was a, it was a, a give and take and it was always a surprise. You know, <laughs> the studio was forever saying there's only going to be one more movie. <laughs> you know, we, we know we can sell Tremors too, so that's what we're making. And it was okay. So we said, okay, we came up with the triggers and you know, that's good. That's different. And they immediately not immediately, but fairly soon. So we need Tremors three. Went, really? Well, okay. Because again, we 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 weren't really ever thinking franchise. You didn't think franchise back in those days. Right. Quick quick sidebar. You know, when Short Circuit two came up, our agent lobbied us heavily not to do it. The sequels were for hacks. Nobody did sequels. The originators <laughs> never did sequels. Imagine imagine saying that today. And uh, 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 so we were. To some extent, each time they came to us, we were kind of frantically started making it up as we as we went. <laughs> not that we not that we do that when we write. We we we're outline we outline like crazy when we write, and we always have to know exactly where we're going. 
we sometimes outline longer than we write, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 but so, so they came up with Terminus 3, and it was, wow, we want to be consistent. Oh, let me back up, too. Something that was always important to us, and I think it's fairly evident in the, in the, in the four movies, anyway. Um, uh, uh, very important to us to be true to the fans of these kinds of movies. You know, now they rule the marketplace, but when we were doing these movies, you know, uh, it was still the niche market of kind of comic book nerdy people. And, and I, and I, I am deeply one of those and, and I knew what we like. I knew that we like <laughs> consistent, we like consistent rules and we love, you know, homage and little ideas that, that are consistent throughout the project. And then Brent and I as writers are, were very, we had figured out what our tone was by then. We figured out we knew what Tremors was then. We knew we had this blend of comedy and horror. And, and it's not an easy blend to do, to get right. And, uh, a lot of times we would write stuff into the scripts that were too funny. Even Tremors 1. There was a, there was a previous draft of Tremors 1 that was too funny. Had, had jokes that were at the expense of the monsters or jokes that were, it's not a line that somebody would really say in a situation. You know, we tried to always, have people say what they would really say, but it's also funny. So anyway, uh, so then we backed into, well, gee, we need another thing to happen now. It's not going to be a queen shrieker. So <laughs> yeah. what is it going to be? Uh, and, and, and in this case, you know, again, we had these people coming back to the movies, you know, the guys at ADI and the, and the Scotex, um, um, often came back, you know, because people enjoyed doing the movies. They were these little, you know, just a small group of people shooting for, 20 days or whatever we had. And uh, uh, um, it was Tom and Alec at ADI who had the idea for the ass blasters because we said, what do we do? What are the shooters changing? Where are they shaking? And they base everything they do on, on reality. Their, their creatures are fantastical but have a, a reality base because they know so much about bio- biology and zoology and they have, you know, the whole studio is full of books of just weird details about animals. And they said, have you ever heard of the bombardier beetle? And we are like, no. <laughs> and it's, oh, yeah, it's this beetle. This is the way it gets away from prey. It mixes chemicals in its butt and explodes its butt. And you go, no. And it does, absolutely. You can go watch videos of it online. And uh, we're like, oh, my God, well, this is, that's it. That's the ass plaster. That's our monster. So uh, and then we decided it would fly. We thought that would be cool. And then we decided to up the ante by saying, having it, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, see differently from the way the grab boys and the shriekers did. Right. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's amazing because it ends up making this kind of like, you know, loop within the species, like a circle of life type of situation. And it's all very, yeah. it's all very connected. I, I, I love that. I love that. Oh, good. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that was always what we were trying to do. And of course, and the studio swore up and down that Tremors 3 was the last movie. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we closed the loop. We said, oh, perfect. We get to close the loop. We'll, we'll tell a complete story. And then they immediately wanted Tremors 4. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, so I was wondering, uh, 
The female characters in the first four Charmers films are some of the most practically dressed, intelligent, capable women ever in film, (laughs) especially at that time. Uh, So I was wondering what kind of efforts or discussions took place around that subject, and uh, why do you think that you and your team were so great at creating these really strong female co-leads? I am so glad to hear that, because I do feel like we were ahead of the curve, and it wasn't like we set out to do that. In in a way, it's something that we felt was important from the get-go. Uh, we always knew. I, I guess I would say that in some instances, all of our discussion about character and tremors, one, was, was we will not do any 50s tropes mm-hmm. other than that the girl is a scientist. And uh, uh, so everything about Rhonda was going to not be, you know, the helpless person being helped by the sheriff who doesn't know anything and shouldn't know anything. And, uh, so that mindset was there going in. And then I guess both of us are just, we just like capable women anyway. So uh, that was something that then just continued through all the movies. But I am glad to hear that because it is something that we don't often hear. <laughs> the, the one thing I get from geeky fanboys is Rhonda's not very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, and I always, I always go, "Have you looked at Finn Carter?" But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is great. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I have actually heard. You know, I answer questions still on the Stampede website, and uh, I don't put them all up there because some of them are not appropriate. But the, uh, <laughs> but I do get the wackiest questions. Okay. Uh, so on the subject of inclusion, then, I think also the first four movies really showcase a diverse cast of characters regarding both eth- ethnicity and age groups and do a good job of not making them, you know, offensive or overly stereotypical. Um, was this something that was uh, important to you? And did you ever get any uh, pushback from the studio to kind of change the demographics of the town of perfection? Uh, interesting, interesting question. No, we didn't. Studio was very supportive. And it was, it, the, the town of perfection, the original town of perfection grew out of what was going on at the time. We wanted a diverse cast. Not again, not because we were really making a statement. It was, it was, we lived in the Southwest and we were aware of what was going on. And the, the, uh, the Walter Chang character, for example, was originally, um, Vietnamese, because a lot of Vietnamese were resettling in America at the time. And it was actually, it was not common, but it wasn't uncommon to go into a little store and have it owned by a Vietnamese guy. And then we cast Walter, because that's, you know, the, the Asian, of the Asian cast members that came in, Walter was the one that most embodied what we wanted. And, you know, and Walter quietly took us aside one day and said, you know, I am Chinese. And we we're like, oh, yeah, we should probably change that, shouldn't we? <laughs> and, uh, um, and I was glad that he brought it up. We, you know, cause I, I can say that we, we were, we were naive enough at the time not to have thought of that ourselves. So, yeah. So in that one conversation and the whole history of Chang's market changed. <laughs> Uh, and we changed the name uh, to a Chinese name and, and never looked back. Um, so it, it became a thing because of how, where we started, <laughs> if that makes sense. In other words, because we decided to have an Asian character running the store, because we felt like that was 
a thing that was really going on in the Southwest. Then, subsequently, it, we we uh, uh, we felt like we should just keep we should keep doing that. You know, it does represent the population. You know, and that's why the Hispanic characters are there, and, uh, and even in the series, you know, we continue to do that. So it was by design after we figured it out. <laughs> That's gr- that's a great story. I totally love that. Um, so when, once we get to Tremors Four, uh, why was it decided to do kind of a Wild West era prequel? Were there other eras or other scenarios discussed for that film? Um, well, we were we were completely taken aback because they had swore up and down the marketing department. You know, the handwriting was on the wall. The marketing was going to become the rule Hollywood as it does now. But we didn't. We weren't, we weren't reading it that way. But they said, you know, "Tremors Three is the last movie." Okay, good. We know exactly what to do. And no, no, we got to have Tremors Four right now. And <laughs> oh my God, guys, you know, we really did close the loop. You know, we were, we're not going to break the rules and have the ass blasters turn into something else. Said, we don't care. <laughs> so I, I said, I really don't know what to do other than to, to really do a prequel or something completely different. And <laughs> the video division that was the best thing about them we don't care <laughs> so I said you, you, you would you consider a western you know could we retell the story sort of the original term of story as a western sure so that's what we decided to do and we knew we were gambling with the fans because here first of all Bert had become you know Michael Gross's character had become the sort of the centerpiece of the the thing by term three and um uh, but we, there again, we, we thought, well, there probably won't be very many more of these. Let's have fun. Let's do it. Michael was completely on board playing the opposite of Bert as Hiram. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, 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 and then we, we brought in other characters, sort of fill that role, you know, Billy Bigo and so forth. And so the, the studio was supportive in the sense of doing it. Uh, and it was, the, it was kind of the only thing we could think of. You know, we, we didn't want to break the rule. So we said, all right, how do we, we'll take our existing monsters. Oh, and then, and then we thought, well, the one thing we've never seen is baby graboids. Let's go, <laughs> let's we'll go to the other end of the loop, the life cycle, and start with baby graboids. And, um, that's how we backed into it. And, and no, um, to answer your question, once, we, once they said it was okay to do a western and a kind of a prequel, no, we didn't. Think about oh, let's do Grab Boys in Australia or something. We did think about that later. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that even you know all the way into the fourth film, you guys are finding like new and inventive ways to show the Graboids, like that that shot of the uh, the Graboid chasing them as they're leaving on the like stagecoach and it goes underneath the bridge. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic shot. It was exactly what I wanted. And was, that's a miniature. And the Scotex did that. Oh, you would not believe, you would not believe the rig they made with a little six foot long graboid that had, it was a track with little, but it was a custom made curved track with a hump so that the tail would kick up and hit the bottom of the bridge at exactly the right moment. Cause they were matching an existing live action shot. Right. That I worked and worked and worked on with the guys to, to get the dust to kick up off the bridge as though it had been impacted by something heavy. Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, the effects guys, they try all kinds of things. And I, it's just, communication is very difficult. It's interesting. It's very hard to, 
the your biggest challenge sometimes as a director is communicating what you want or what you see in your head. Because yeah. uh, it's hard to get it across. And, but anyway, yeah. The, yeah, I'm, thank you. I love that shot. Yeah, it's, it's exactly awesome. what we wanted. <laughs> um, so I have kind of a fascination with uh, the experience of working with child actors. So I was wondering, I had a couple questions regarding the ones that you worked with in the Tremors films. Uh, what was it like working with Ariana Richards both before and after her massive uh, kind of Jurassic Park fame? <laughs> well, we didn't know what she was going to do. So she was... <laughs> It was perfectly fine. She was, she's a, she was a lovely little girl and a lovely young woman. It was really, really fun when she agreed to come back because she was kind of moving away from acting at that point. You know, she's a very talented artist, and uh, um, you know, a kid on a set, you don't see that much. There's lots of rules about how long they can be on set and they have to be in school and all these things. So when you work with them, it's a short, intensive period. You know, when she's available mm-hmm. to do pogo sticking, then everything <laughs> is focused. Everything is focused on that. And uh, um, but she was, you know, even even at a young age, she had been in something you probably know better than I. She had been in something just before that. And, uh, but she was, you know, very professional and hardworking, as everybody was. You know, we were incredibly lucky with her. Everything came together in a way on the on the movie, as low budget as it was, and as hard as the shoot was, just just physically, just weather wise, you know, and it's just murder shooting out in in Lone Pine. Uh, you know, she was like everybody, just there and hardworking and doing things over and over and getting dirty and getting dust blown in her face. Every actor got dust. Not only is it windy and dusty, but the effects guys are blowing dust in your face with big air guns. So. Okay. Um, and I think something that we're all kind of jokingly wondering, uh, is that kid Bobby Chico- Jacoby as annoying as Melvin, the character, is in real life? Or is he cool? He's, he's very cool. He's especially very cool now, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Robert. And he... Uh, uh, he... he, he Makes fun of himself in in Tremors because uh, he feels like he, he he was actually young. I mean, he was he got a, I think he got if I'm remembering correctly, he got the legal powers to grant him adult status so that he could work longer days, oh, wow. even though technically he wasn't 18 when he shot, which was a huge help to us because you know the character. When he's on, you know, he was on all day, every day. These were long, long days. And, uh, 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 <laughs> he absolutely hates today the line, way to go, dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he insists that he was just not on that way and not feeling, you should ask him, really, of course, because he tells the story better, better than I do, but, uh, uh, and I remember at the time thinking, boy, what an unusual reading of that line. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and it became a thing, you know. It's like people cut it into songs and whatnot. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's funny. Um, and then just about the last child actor here with uh, Sam Lee in Tremors 4. Why was it decided to so heavily feature um, a really young Asian actor in this film? And um, 
was there consideration about going with an older kid instead or making him the son of one of the other characters in the town? The, um, you know, now, draft four, even though we did the outline, was written by a talented writer from Six Feet Under. And all the names are going out of my head today. Hopefully you can put these on a blog or something. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, and it's my memory is that he pushed for the character that Sam plays. Mm. Uh, it became more of a central character than I had envisioned doing the outline. Okay, uh, that's that's the way I remember it. And then you know, and I went with it, you know, thinking it was good. You know, and then again, God, I feel like we were just blessed on the first four movies. <laughs> Sam was just amazingly. Hardworking, you know, and not terribly experienced, you know. Just, he just had that thing, <laughs> the ability to be real on camera. Okay, um, so we also noticed, kind of hidden in the credits, that uh, Matthew Scott Wilson appears in small roles in three and four, and we're just wondering if he was related to you, and uh, if so, what's he up to nowadays? <laughs> oh yeah, that's my son. He was very much, and it is still very much. Would love to 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 act for a living. He hasn't quite gotten there, but yes, given my limited powers, I was able to get him the small parts in those two movies. And uh, mostly, he's done theater. He's in Chicago now, uh, uh, doing theater wherever and whenever he can. Okay, great. But yeah, that's my son. Uh, so. Yeah, the so you guys did the first four movies, and you know it, it kicked off uh, and is still kicking off this huge you know franchise for Tremors. Um, and I know you said you uh, are always on the Stampede Entertainment website answering fan questions. What what, what what's been your experience with the Tremors fan base overall uh, throughout well, this entire great. thing? It's it's great fun. I mean, you know, it's amazing to us. You know. Uh, all these years later, to have people still sending in questions and still being interested and still coming up with new questions. And I'm literally staggered. I have a new batch in my email right now that I've got to get to. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I always think at some point that they'll start repeating themselves, but they don't. They seem, for the most part, they seem to read the whole fact area uh, before they ask. Because it's rare that I get the same question. You know, the, probably the one you get the most is, where is the old Jeep? <laughs> <laughs> People really, really want to know where the old Jeep is. Oh, man. <laughs> and of course, sadly, I don't know. You know, we rented two of them. And one thing I tell people, I think I just put it up recently, is that you know, a lot of people still don't know how you make a movie. They don't know that you need multiple Jeeps to make things work. And uh, and uh, they're not the same. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun to look at the original Tremors and spot the differences between the two. Yeah. We try to make them the same. We thought they were the same. <laughs> and then you're sitting there editing and you're backing, going back and forth in a scene. And you go, oh, wow. Huh. That Jeep's totally different, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you guys must have pulled it off if everyone keeps asking. <laughs> Where's the one Jeep? <laughs> well, you know, that was one of those things. We just wanted a big, gnarly four-wheel drive vehicle. You know, and because we had all these talented people all, you know, doing their best for us, uh, the transportation department found the thing. You know, uh, 
I know a fair amount about four-wheel drive vehicles, but you know, I wouldn't have said, "Oh, go get a Jeep Gladiator," because they're rare to begin with. And uh, you know, this thing showed up on the set, and I'm like, "Oh my God, yeah, that's Valvano's vehicle, absolutely." <laughs> you know, and I think it was—I assume it was just rent. As it, the reason I say I don't know, because I don't know that you, you just—you know—you you build the town, you get the vehicles, and then you sell it or you rented it and you give it back to the rental place. And, we don't know where they went. It was, it was, they had a devil of time finding one, or a couple of them, for uh, from us three. There. <laughs> we have to have Jeep Gladiators now. Well, they're really hard to find. Well, no, you have to get one. <laughs> what? Uh, so what? Um, what? What might be one of your favorite onset stories from uh, from working on the first four films? If you if you have one favorite. <laughs> Well, I'm trying, I, yeah, that, that's an interesting question. There's, there's lots of... Uh, well, here, here's one. <laughs> in Tremors 1, uh, there, was, there was a moment in the, in the basement with Bert and Heather when they have killed the Graboid, and he says his famous line. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you know that a line is going to be big. A lot of times you don't. But this one we knew was an important one. You broke into the wrong damn rec room, <laughs> and uh, uh, so there was a there was tension when we got to that uh, because we, Michael was worried about doing it, Ron was worried about directing it, Brent and I are lurking in the background, worried, <laughs> and we're all waiting for Michael to do it. So, and it, and it's emotional. The the shot starts after all the chaos, but but Michael still has to be exhausted, and Reba's exhausted, and they back into the corner. And Ron did this like three or four or five times, and each time Brent and I would run over in the shadows and give him all these notes and ideas. (laughs) And finally, Michael came walking over and said, "Can we all discuss this together?" He wasn't truly mad, but it was bothering him. That, you know, so whispering was going on, and then Ron would come out and and suggest another way to do the line. Uh, That's fantastic. That was that was a moment. Nice. I know there was. Uh, well, actually, they're in one of the, the funny moments in Tremors Four is in the is in the outtakes, I think, uh, where the horses all go wandering off. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can control their horses. Oh, man. Work, work, working with animals is, is it's, it's amazing. It's you know, I, I felt like such a complete novice. You know, here I love westerns, but I, I don't know anything about horses. And, uh, <laughs> uh, it was just you know, it, it made me appreciate all the westerns I saw as a kid, thinking how much they worked with horses and how much they got the horses to do. Not that our horses were bad; they were just horses. Yeah. But, Okay. Um, so I know that you have been asked about the rest of the franchise a lot. I actually did read all of your answers on the Stampede website. Uh, <laughs> but in light of uh, the recent news about the Kevin Bacon pilot and the Tremors 5 and 6 coming out, can you tell us a little bit about how you feel now um, about the Tremors franchise continuing on without you and your team? Well, we're disappointed. You know, We're disappointed because we weren't given a choice. Uh, Universal said we're making Tremors 5 we're starting with your script and we'd like you to rewrite it but other than that we do not want you involved in any way shape or form 
and they did not say why. <laughs> so we don't know why that was. And when Kevin announced after after saying that Tremors was the low point of his career for 20 years, uh, when Kevin announced he was doing the series, our managers approached the company that was that was going to shoot it and said, hey, you know, the creators are all alive. Would you like to meet with them? And they said, no, absolutely not. So, and did not say why. So, so yeah, I'm disappointed. And I feel like we had a lot of good ideas for what Val would have been doing all these years. Some of them were in Tremors too, but we had to cut them all out. <laughs> okay, and are you and your partners still on okay terms with uh, Michael Gross? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we don't we don't begrudge him running with the character. It's his character, <laughs> and uh, the same for John Welpley, who wrote Tremors five and, and six. John wrote Tremors three, uh, based on our outline. And any he, <laughs> he doesn't really lay claim to Tremors five, only because his version is that, that it was changed drastically once it got to South Africa. So. Um, uh, uh, but a job's a job. Somebody's got to write it. You know? yeah. so if somebody came to me and said, hey, you know, write Tremor 6. Of course you're going to do it. <laughs> uh, well, are, are there any projects that you're currently working on? Or the Stampede Entertainment um, creative team have any plans to get back together or anything? Well, um, we, keep, we keep hoping so. We keep talking about it. it Hollywood has changed so dramatically now with marketing completely running the show. All decisions are based on marketing long before a script is ever written. Uh, selling an original idea is, is quite difficult now. And uh, I don't know that we could sell Tremors now. There, there are no people like Jim Jacks at Universal who saw the script, knew what it was, went in and convinced the studio to make it. So this is going to be a cool movie. That doesn't happen now. Marketing is in control and they want to know how many people know this title, and uh, and that all the decisions are made based on how many people already know the title, which is why we are in the sequel universe that we're in. <laughs> uh, and Brent and I have written a TV pilot, uh, several spec scripts, doing what we did back on the Tremors Day, and have not been able to sell them. And, we get different responses, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh well, this is just kind of rehashed tremors, or this is that and the other thing. But the reality is, you know, they've never heard of them. So unless you're, you know, unless you're Christopher Nolan, and you can tell the studio, I'm going to do an original idea, and they can't tell you no. You know, we're not in that. We're not in that ballpark. So yeah, we keep trying. Um, we keep trying to think of different ways, low budget ideas. We wrote a sci-fi script with no special effects at all. Oh, thinking nice. <laughs> maybe somebody would you know, sort of a it's sort of a bizarre Twilight Zone kind of thing. It's all dialogue with weird ideas, and uh, we kind of thought we might get somewhere with that. And we we've, we've gotten close with that. People get it. Oh yes, I could do this for under a million, you know, kind of thing. But but anyway, uh, no, Ron is off directing TV and has been for years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Brent and I, like I say, continue to do specs. Uh, our, our manager, agent, partner, Nancy, retired. So uh, that's that's where we are. Well, then I do my books. You know, I've been writing novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually turned one of our pitches that we could not sell to anybody because it was an original idea. I mean, we, we were actually told at 20th, gee, this is a great idea. I wish it was based on something. And uh, But we can't buy it because it isn't based on anything. It's too original. 
uh, 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 so I turned that. It's called Frady Cats. I turned that into a book, mm-hmm. and I'm doing, I'm doing another Frady Cats book now. And I did, I did uh, a book that I started in my teens. I finished that and put it out. It's called Tucker's Monster. So that, that's my universe right now. Is I've been writing novels, awesome. You know, with the with the backhanded hope, <laughs> if one of the novels sells well enough, then a studio will suddenly say, "Say, we could do a movie based on this." So, <laughs> Well, we'll see. Even even with the novels, it kind of just gets back to the, the heart of why you guys did Tremors, of just having the creative control and, and doing the things that, that excited you. And I think that that's the thing that resonates so much. And it's, it is frustrating with Hollywood. It's like, hey, like I just did, you know, what I knew nerds like me wanted to see, and it spawned an entire franchise. And doing <laughs> those rules and doing that, um, you know, it really resonates. And so I think that that it's really inspiring as I'm sure filmmakers listening out there. And and to me personally, that this thing that we all love just came from, Hey, let's just do the thing the way we want to do it. And, and I think that everyone on set, everybody who's doing those performances, it really comes through. And I think that ultimately that's the thing that brings everybody to tremors and keeps them coming back. Well, thank you. I believe that too. (laughs) Uh, well, I, I, you know, it's been such a pleasure getting to talk to you today. Uh, we really appreciate you being here uh, with us, Steve. And, it, it, and you know, like Tyler just said, it's inspiring uh, to see that you're st- still so involved with the fan base online. And it, I just I just think that's really awesome. And um, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. You too. It's, it's, it's nice to be in the position of still having people aware of what we did. So I appreciate, I appreciate the, the, the research and the, and the thought that you folks put into this analysis. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, well, is there any uh, specific place you want to direct people to, uh, be able to follow you online? Um, if they want to reach out, uh, we can, we'll obviously be posting the Stampede Entertainment website and everything, but is there anywhere else that would be a good spot to check you out? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to, <laughs> my publishers want me to reactivate my Facebook, which I let die a while back. <laughs> uh, 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 so yeah, I, I may do that. I'm supposed to do that. Um, what else? Um, a real deal productions.com is where the books are available. They're available on Amazon, of course, mm-hmm. too, but a real deal productions back in the Midwest handles the sales of them. Um, but uh, no, I guess I, I guess I would, that's that's pretty much it. I, and you know, the, the the fact page at, at Stampede is the place to send questions when you have questions about Tremor. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you again so much. This has been so we, we've been like excited about this all week and last week. Like it's yeah, just been it such, really great such an honor to get thank to talk you. to you. Thank you so so I'm much the- for your time. My pleasure. Thank you all. All right. Have a good day, Steve. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.